Friends, how are we doing this morning? All right, how many of you are totally prepared for Christmas? Oh, a couple, all right. One excited one. How many of you are like, I haven't even really thought, still shopping? Okay, half of you are lying then. You didn't raise your hand on either one of them. How many of you won't raise your hand in church? Ha, tricked you, you raised your hand, all right. Hey, well, welcome to our conclusion, our week six of our teaching series, Holy Spirit. I need to look in the camera. Welcome to you online. And uh, real quick before we jump in, I just, we've got some ground to cover as we always do. But uh, I, I do want to mention our Christmas at Radiant Life, what Pastor Brandon already brought to you guys. And uh, I think there are two words to describe this crazy season that we've been living in. And uh, I think it's two words for us to live into. It's flexibility and adaptability. I think we got to be flexible and adaptable with the things that come our way. And um, I'll be honest, my sincere apology, because we've been trying to determine what are we going to do, how are we going to celebrate it, you know, what is government going to say, or what are they going to do, and do we have enough change makers? And about three, four years ago, we decided to, uh, we kind of used to have a traditional Christmas Eve service, and as we were growing bigger, that meant that required more change makers more volunteers to staff those events. And this year, we were kind of flirting with the idea of bringing it back on Christmas Eve because this is a weird year anyway. So why don't we just do something out of the blue? And, uh, you know, it just got really complicated. A lot of us, you guys, have a lot of family traditions that just happen on Christmas Eve. And I know some of those traditions do also come with coming to a church service on Christmas Eve, but many of you don't. Many of you get to f with family and friends on Christmas Eve. And we were just having a hard time beginning to staff services well and do it effectively. And so I went in last staff meeting last Tuesday morning and said, hey, I really feel like this is going to be our most effective way. And I know it puts time pressure on us, but I felt like next week, Saturday, 5 and 7, and next Sunday, 5 and 7, to celebrate Christmas at Radiant Life. And we've been doing that for the last three years or so, kind of celebrating Christmas the Sunday prior to Christmas. And so um, please forgive me because I know some of you already had plans and you're rearranging schedules just to be here. I'm sorry because this was last minute planning on our end. Not really, we were planning something all along, just last minute changes. So will you forgive me? The Bible tells you have to forgive me, so thank you. Um, actually, Jesus says that, but all right. And so th there we are. We're really excited. I pray as you sign up, and again, you can, you can sign up right now. There are only 100 seats left, if that, right now on, on these services. Remember, no service in the morning. We're just shifting those Sunday services to Sunday night. And then we got Saturday night thing going. I know right now the 5 p.m. Sunday night's already fold. I think the 7 o'clock only had like 20 seats before first service started. And there's a few left on the Saturday night. But I, I love our Christmas. I, I love candlelights and singing Silent Night. How many of you love that? You absolutely love that. How many of you are like, I have no idea what he's talking about? All right, that's good too. Come and experience it. It's going to be fun. And we've got these at-home kits for people that need to be on the other side of the camera so you guys can engage in that candlelight. It's just going to be awesome. I'm excited. But I, I want to mention one thing to you. Uh, our offices are going to be closed from Christmas to New Year's. So we're going to close our offices for one week. And you say, Ryan, why? You only work on Sunday anyways. Because our staff is pouring our entire weekend into this for you guys and for us. And I'm not looking for sympathy, but know this, our kids aren't going to see us this weekend. <laughs> 
and we need to minister to our families. So I give Christmas to New Year's off. Offices are closed to be with your family. Does that make sense? Hey, we can't minister to you guys well if we can't even fix our home well. Two people said amen. All right, we got it. Right? So that's why. We just need to get a breath of fresh air so we can tackle the new year well with you all. All right? And we're excited about the new year, but I'm excited to wrap up this series with you. Um, We're not really wrapping it up. There is so much more to talk about Holy Spirit with you guys that we haven't been able to in this teaching series titled Holy Spirit. There's so much more. I didn't even begin to talk about that you can quench the Holy Spirit in your life. Woo! Say what? You can grieve the Holy Spirit. Woo! I don't want to do that. I haven't even taught on that yet. Right? What does that look like? I'm just going to tell you right now, your language and what the words that come out of your mouth matter. Okay? Here's a side note. You want to grieve the Holy Spirit? Talk bad about someone. All right, there it is. Okay, some of you are like, what is he talking about? All right, so this is, I'm not going to go into too much of next week's message, but uh, you're going to see this theme run all throughout 2021 because I just don't have enough time to do everything I need to do in this little short and six-week series, so we're going to get into more. But what we've been trying to do is unpack this third part of the Trinity, right? We're good with God, we're good with Jesus, who is this Holy Ghost thing, right? Who's this Holy Spirit thing? And here's been our foundational verse, Acts chapter 19. You guys have probably, after six weeks, have memorized this verse, all right? Apollos, he's preaching in Corinth. You have Paul preaching in the city of Ephesus where there's a bunch of believers, disciples, followers of Jesus, and he's going to ask them a question. And here's the question. You've seen this. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they had faith. They believed in Jesus. And Paul's saying, but what about the Holy Spirit? And they answered, which I think a lot of us in, in Christianity and our faith today, we have the same response. No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. There's nothing there. And many of us, we understand relationship with God, relationship with Jesus, but what what is this relationship with the Holy Spirit? And what we've been trying to do is unpack these myths, if you will. These myths are maybe some preconceived notions we already have of the third of who God is and trying to just get us back to the basic understanding, right? If you remember week one, in week one, Pastor Chris Conrad, my boss was here, And he brought it, and he was telling us the idea. My favorite quote so far this entire series, Christine Kane. You remember what she says? Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are weird, right? And weird people do weird things with Holy Spirit and represent him in weird ways, right? That was week one in understanding that we are meant to run in life. Now, some of you, I don't mean that you're meant to run a marathon because you would literally die running a marathon. What I mean is there are things for us to do. And a lot of us have been running on empty, but the fuel in our life as Christians, as followers of Jesus, is the Holy Spirit. He gives us the power. Week two, I unpacked with us the ways that Holy Spirit showed up in Scripture. He was there from Genesis. He was the one that hovered over the waters as creation was happening. But in the Old Testament, it was written in Hebrew, and we have the Hebrew word for spirit, the spirit of God, is ruach. Let me hear you say ruach. You got to get that loogie. It kind of hurts your throat a little bit, right? Right there. And that's the word, the breath of God, this, this wind. And then in the New Testament, it was written in Greek, the original language. And the Greek word is pneuma. Let me hear you say pneuma. Last time you're going to say those two words. Pneuma is such an easier, softer word, isn't it? So much gentler than ruach, right? But it's this idea that the Holy Spirit is wind in our sails. I think a beautiful picture would be this awesome, incredible 
sailboat out in the ocean just sitting there. It's a beautiful reminder that, wow, some of us, we've just been sitting and we need a fresh air just to come into our sails and set us on course. Week, two, week three, I was able to talk and bring a teaching from Acts chapter two called Pentecost, right? And some of us were afraid of that word, Pentecost, and what it means, and we realize it's just a Jewish holiday that means 50. Ah, spooky. I know, it's just 50. But it's a Jewish holiday that God chose to pour out his spirit on that Jewish holiday, and what that means. Weeks four and five, we've been talking about spiritual gifts and misunderstanding and what are these spiritual gifts and realizing the Holy Spirit is a gift to you at salvation. You receive the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit gives you a gift. It's a spiritual gift, and we talked about that meaning, and we're all actually charismatic, right? And you turn to each other and said, you're charismatic, and you're definitely just weird or something like that, right? And we are all charismatic because we are all gifted. Oh, I deeply desire you to live into your spiritual gift because you'll build each other up. And what a better time to build one another up when this world is tearing each other down. It's awful out there, it feels like. And we need more people to build the body of Christ up, to build people up instead of tear people down. And it's living into our spiritual gifting. And I want you to hear from me. I want everything God has for you. And there'll be some in this room today sitting, sitting back saying, you don't really want God? I want more for you than I think you may even realize. I want more for you. And there is more for us if we're willing to step and lead by faith. So this morning, I'm going to talk about baptism. Here's the word baptism. Here's what it means. To be immersed. Right? That is literally the basic fundamental word of meaning of the word baptism. To be immersed or submerged or be consumed or surrounded by, right? I mean, it's pretty simple. For most of us, we think of baptism, we're just thinking water, water baptism. I'm going to walk through three progressions of our spiritual journey with this idea of baptism, of being immersed, all right? And so we're going to take the spiritual journey. But I want you to know, whether you're a follower of Jesus this morning or you are kicking the tires about this God thing and you're not sure who God is, you, we are all on a spiritual journey. Even an atheist is on a spiritual journey. You're sitting there going, right, wait, hold on. They're atheists, they don't believe. Well, first of all, they do believe because they believe there is no God. So they do have a belief system governing the way that they run their life. Well, that was good. Um, <laughs> I'm impressed. Uh, but listen, God is still pursuing them whether they know it or not. Because God's heart is for every person to come into relationship with them. God is pursuing them. They just aren't aware yet. They're on a spiritual journey. So here's the very first thing. We're on, we're, we're on a walk with Jesus. The very first thing that happens is we are baptized into the body of Christ. You and I are baptized into the body of Christ. What does this mean? This is our salvation. This is our salvation experience. When we fully surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, that's what this is. Now, I need to be very blunt. Your faith is not a religion. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is not about, it's not, there's rituals in some denominations, and I'm not, I'm not banging that. That's their thing. And so, but those are works, and you and I are only saved through the grace of Jesus Christ. We are not saved by works. But James, the half-brother of Jesus, does say, your faith is useless without good deeds. What good is it then? 
But we're not saved by what we do. We're saved by the grace of God. And the work has already been done on the cross that Jesus did. And so we have to understand that what salvation is not. It's not what we do. It's not going to church more. It's not reading the Bible more. That's not salvation. Salvation is the moment that you surrender your life to Jesus Christ and you are baptized into the body of Christ. Here's what it looks like in the church of Corinth. Paul writes this, for we were all, what's this word, church? Baptized by one spirit into the body. The, over and over in the New Testament, the, the church is known as the body or the bride of Christ. And here's what Paul is saying is, listen, the moment of salvation, you're baptized into a body. We are now brothers and sisters in Christ now. And now whether you like it or not, that person three rows in front of you is a follower of Jesus. They're your brother or sister. Whether you like them or not, they're part of the family. They're part of the family. And I love this. Notice also who does the baptism? By when you get saved, it's nothing that you do. It's a confession of salvation that I'm surrendering it all. It's the Holy Spirit baptizing you into the body of Christ. You are now saved. You are now saved. It's not your works. It's not what you did. Because you and I are never going to be good enough without Jesus Christ in our life. It's all what he did for us. The church in Galatians, this is fun, um, in Galatia, it says this, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ, you have clothed yourself with Christ. Now I'm about ready to take off this jacket because it's really hot up here. And uh, what that means is when I decide salvation in that moment, I've been baptized with my salvation into the body of Christ. Now it's like clothed myself with who Jesus is. Now we're made new. I used to do these things. Now I look different. I'm wearing different clothes now because I look good. I look better in these Jesus clothes than those dirty street clothes. But listen, we got to keep going after those in the dirty street clothes. Don't ever make it about us. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, that I came to seek and save those who are lost, we got to keep going after them because you know how good it is to be clothed in Jesus. And some of you look real good clothed in Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're looking good this morning, only if it's appropriate. All right, so this is fun. The disciples had this experience, and we've looked at this over a portion of um, time through this series, but here's Jesus saying this, peace to you as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That was their like salvation. But there was an event that didn't take place yet. It was like them being, oh, I'm saved, right? We've been hanging out with Jesus and it's that moment, that gift. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit as a gift. And then in Acts, here's what Jesus says to them. On one occasion while he was eating with them, Jesus Jesus gave them this command, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. There's an event that hasn't happened yet, although he's breathed the Holy Spirit on them. There's something that ha hasn't happened yet. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be, what's this word again? <laughs> baptized, immersed with the Holy Spirit. There's a complete other event that happened. So they had salvation, but what didn't they have yet? Baptism of the Holy Spirit. They weren't completely filled with the Holy Spirit yet. But for many of us, we just think, really, baptism is, is with water, which leads to the second. So we have baptism of our faith, of salvation. We're baptized into the body. Here's the second baptism, water baptism. This is probably the one that most of us are very familiar with. This is a separate experience from your salvation. 
You do not get saved by going into the water tank. There is no salvation through water baptism. Salvation only comes through Jesus Christ. It's not your works. It's not you. Should you get water baptized? I do believe you should. It's, we follow Jesus. Jesus set that example. We should. 27 times in the New Testament do we see people believing in Jesus then immediately getting baptized. Immediately getting baptized. Now, I do say this. There is caution. There are those that preach you must be baptized to get to heaven. Um, I just, I, I personally don't see that in scripture. I think we all should get baptized. I, I truly believe every believer, follower of Jesus should get baptized. There are people who also believe it's what the pastor says that matters. There are those out there that says, hey, when you get baptized, it must be in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Others believe you have to say in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit and in Jesus' name. So here at Radiant Life, what do we do? We say, in the name of Jesus, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and dunk you, and we got it all covered then. You're all good, all right? No matter where you end, you're all good. That was way funnier than you laughed, but that's all right. All right? Here at Radiant Life, we don't do uh, infant baptism. Some denominations do, and that's their thing. Uh, just here at Radiant Life, we don't. Why? Because we believe in believer's baptism. We believe that an infant can't make that choice of becoming a follower of Jesus. We do infant dedication, where we dedicate the child to God and dedicate the parents that you guys are going to raise this child up in Christ. But we'll do children to adults. Do you have to get dunked all the way underwater? Nope. I'll squirt you with a squirt gun. <laughs> I, listen, for real, some of us are scared to get dunked underwater, right? Some of us are very frightened. We can pour water over your head and still do that that way. We can do a sprinkling or something like that, okay? But we believe in, in believers' baptism, that when a person makes that decision to follow Jesus Christ, baptism happens. Now, there's a reason why infant baptism ever came on the scene in the first place. The plague was running ravage in Europe. Babies were dying, and they're sitting there going, the babies are never having a chance to accept Jesus Christ. So they came up with a system that says, if we can erase Adam's original sin, because everyone's born with a bent to sin, and through baptism, then perhaps as the plague ravaged Europe, that the babies that died will go to heaven. All right, that's kind of the, a lot of that background story. Boring, I know. But listen, I won't hold you underwater any longer than you need to. Unless you're really messed up, I'll hold you a little longer, but you got to make sure you get that good out of you, right? <laughs> I won't do that. But I'm, I'm just telling you, I don't think Jesus is in heaven. And when you get to meet him face to face, and you're like, Jesus, I made it. I don't think Jesus is going to sit there and go, hmm. Did you know when you're underwater, the pastor didn't say the right thing? <laughs> I can't let you in. I think God's grace is way bigger than that, everyone. I don't think that's going to happen. But it's an act of obedience to go get water baptized. And we see this. Check this out in some of the verses. Uh, those who accepted his message. In other words, Peter just got done preaching to the crowds. They were what, friends? They were baptized right then and there. They believed they got baptized. And then, why do we do this? It is like, it's like going public with our faith. That's what it is. It's a declaration stating to my church, family, and friends, I follow Jesus Christ and I'm not ashamed of it. I follow Jesus Christ. Parents, hear me out. Never push your child to baptism. Never push your child to baptism. 
That is a choice they need to make. My experience, my daughter, my oldest daughter was six when she got baptized, and I kept saying, that's too young, and there's no way she fully understands everything. I was in the shower, and God said, get out of the way. Your child wants to do this. Get out of the way, Ryan. And I felt like the disciples in that moment when Jesus rebuked his disciples and said, let the children come to me. And I said, all right, I don't fully understand it. And if my daughter wants to make a decision later in life and rededicate her life and do it, that's fine, but I'm going to back out. But don't force it. Don't force it. Let them choose it. It's got to be theirs. Salvation first, then baptism. Salvation first, then baptism. It's like the wedding ring that we go public. Why do you even wear a wedding ring? You know why I wear one? To let all you ladies know, this is all taken, all right? I got to work on that, but. <laughs> so let everyone know that you made a commitment, and that's what going public in baptism is. So let everyone know, I'm a follower of Jesus. My life has changed. It's completely different. Here's Jesus, what he says. He says, whoever acknowledges me before others, I also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown my, before my Father in heaven. I don't want that to happen. I want us to sit there and go, I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ in my life. That I surrendered. We go public. And it doesn't matter what you did the night before. If you have salvation, you have repentance, confess of your sins, let's get baptized. January 24. January 24. We're doing baptisms. All right? We are doing baptisms. January 24. Get signed up. It's on the website right now. All right. Let's go. Here we go. Here's the last one. Baptism in the Holy Spirit. We have our salvation, our baptism into the body of Christ. We have water baptism. And this is the one we get afraid of a little bit, right? We're like, oh, this is where the weird stuff is going to happen. No. But check this out. This is super important. Uh, P Peter, actually, no, Philip, I'm sorry. Philip went around doing some preaching. And as Philip's going, he's going to go into enemy territory. Like, absolutely enemy territory. The Jewish people, you don't like these people. But, but Philip is going to go there and just bring the gospel message of who Jesus Christ is to their enemies. And check this out in Acts chapter 8. It says, Philip went down to the city of Samaria which is enemy territory. You don't go there. They're half-breeds over there, right? Everyone else, we're full Jewish, 100% Jews. What happened here is these Jews intermingled with a bunch of other races and a bunch of other half-breeds and pagans. And so we don't go all the way over to Samaria. But Philip did and proclaimed the me message of Jesus there. So he's preaching to the crowds, this Jesus. And then fast forward a couple verses. It says, but when they believed... They accepted the faith. They had faith in that moment. They surrendered their lives. Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were what, friends? <laughs> baptized, both men and women. So do you see it? We had faith. We believed. And now we're getting baptized. We had our baptism by the Spirit into the body of Christ. Now we're water baptized. And when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria, these what? These half-breeds, these people that we don't like, had accepted the word of God, they're going to send Peter and John to be like, you better go make sure this is for real, right? We're going to send you into enemy territory, make sure what they are experiencing is the real thing. And when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers. The new what? They have belief, they have faith. But watch, something hasn't happened yet. There, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. They've got the gift, it's just not opened yet. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any one of them. They weren't baptized yet. They weren't filled and immersed and consumed with the Holy Spirit. And they had simply been baptized in the name of Je in the Lord Jesus. 
Which some of us, I think that's all where we've been right now. We're just that. We have our faith. We've been water baptized, but we never experienced this third thing, the filling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Something changed. Something changed. And there's a spiritual journey for you and I to go on. I'm just wondering this morning, are you experiencing everything God has in store for you? Or is there something holding you back? My prayer yesterday is that we would experience a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that you all would be filled with the Spirit. That we don't just come to church and do the ritual thing and, good, I, I just check mark off the list, did my spiritual duty. That it would be more than that. That we would absolutely be changed by the gospel message of Jesus Christ. We would be absolutely filled in his presence. Because I know this, the world's going to offer you a lot of pleasures but leave you empty. And there's only one name above all names that will fill you, and that's Jesus Christ. Hear this, what he's writing to the church in Ephesus, that same theme we've been filled, he writes to those believers that he had to go and ask, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And then he writes them back and says, by the way, don't get drunk on wine, which some of y'all did last night, saying don't do that. But instead, look, this is going to lead to debauchery. It's going to, it's going to ruin your life. He didn't say don't drink wine. He said don't get drunk on it. Because now who's in control? That wine. You're going to do some bad things. Things you're going to regret. Don't do it. It's not a godly life. But instead, be what, friends? Be filled with the Spirit. Some of us need to put down the wine and start drinking in the Holy Spirit. I mean that lovingly. Listen, wine will temporarily, in beer, you consume it because you're looking for the buzz. That is a supernatural, a false supernatural experience that alleviates your worries and anxiety temporarily, but only Jesus Christ will fill you with joy. It's true. I just take six of them real quick just to Take the ease off. How about turn to the Holy Spirit to take the ease off? Don't turn to that stuff. Because now all of a sudden you're feeling this thing and your spouse is sitting back going, what are you doing? And you wonder why our marriage sucks. You wonder why our relationship has problems, why the kids don't even like you. I'm speaking to someone, but I'm doing it gently and I love you too much to hold that back. Don't turn to drugs. You can get that, super, you get, get that high. That high is going to wear off, and you're going to go back to the same problems and issues. I wonder as Christians, why do we keep feeling like we're going back to the addiction, back to the addiction? We've never been filled with the Spirit. To break change and break bondage. We believe. See, the problem is we believe it, but we're not walking into it. We're afraid of Holy Spirit instead of running to Holy Spirit. And that's what we need to do. So Ryan, tell me how. I'm just... Three quick things. Number one, you got to remove barriers. You got to remove the barriers. Some of it is sin in our lives. And I, I imagine God sitting there going, I want to pour out more and more and more. You wait till I rip open the box of Holy Spirit in your life. It's going to be awesome. But we got to work out some things that aren't right yet. There's some barriers there. There's sin that doesn't look good in your life. Look at what um, in the church of or in Acts, Luke is telling, or Peter's telling the crowd, Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. 
This word repent just means to turn direction. I'm walking this way. Now I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go walk back to God. And we got to do that. We got, we got barriers up. It could be sin. It could be pride. I think a barrier is our mind. Because we're trying to understand everything in our faith and the spiritual thing and who Holy Spirit is. And we got our barriers, our mind. Sometimes it's pride. Sometimes it's control. Because what faith is, is saying, I am trusting the creator of this universe and I'm walking out on these waters. And by golly, God, you take me and I'm out of control. But so many of us, we like to control everything in our life that it's hard to go all in with Jesus. And then watch what Peter says. When you do that, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you got to remove the barriers. you got to request the gift of the Holy Spirit. How many of us have actually sat back and said, I'm going to pray that I receive this thing and that I open this package up. Look at what, what um, Luke writes. This is Jesus' words. If you then, though you are evil, know how much to give good gifts to your children. And some of you, you're going to give some good gifts this Christmas to your kids and grandkids. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I'm not even sure we're asking for Holy Spirit. I've shared with you. I ask every morning, fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill me, Holy Spirit. We need a continual filling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I can't do life without him. And then here's the last. Receive him by faith. Not in it, receive him, the Holy Spirit, by faith. Did you, when you came into a relationship with Jesus, you took a step of faith and received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The problem is we haven't done that with Holy Spirit. The amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, I hope you experience all that. I hope you experience the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. I want it to be with you all. I think sometimes we're like a brand new sponge. Take the sponge out. You can't do much with a dry sponge. It's already formed. It's, it, you know its purpose. It's got to do something, but you can try. It's going to be pretty difficult. But we know there's a purpose and a way to actually get the sponge to do what the sponge needs to do. And I think for a lot of us, we're the sponge right now. We know we got purpose, we love Jesus, but we're just a sponge, it's just hard. And man, you're, you're scrubbing or trying to do something, you're like, that's just not working, and we're trying on our own power. It's because we haven't been filled with the Spirit yet. That's why we're still hard. We just got to say, Holy Spirit, I want more. Will you baptize me? Get me immersed. Get me wet. And you and I know the sponge can do what the sponge meant to do now. You're meant to run this life, but you need the filling of the Holy Spirit. And you know what's beautiful? We're just not meant to be filled with the Spirit, which is awesome. We can go pour it out on others. It's not just for you. It's for your neighbors who need to know Jesus Christ. Pour it out on them. 
pour it out on them. It's for that family member that's coming to that Christmas party that's far from Jesus, but you decided I'm filled with the Spirit. Hear me, church, pour it out on them. Pour it out on them. You're going to work tomorrow and that, mm, that co-worker, and you're going to pray tomorrow morning, Holy Spirit, fill me, fill me, so I can pour it out on them. Pour it out on them. Pour it out on them. Now, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. But you had to get immersed first in the Holy Spirit. And this is for someone. We're on fire, but not yet consumed. You love Jesus. And you're like, yeah, I get excited to come to church and I love my friends, I love praying. But you know there's something holding you back, don't you? That's the consuming part. You're on fire. You have your baptism, baptism of your salvation. You have water baptism, but you're not consumed because you haven't been filled with the Spirit yet. He's there as your gift. You're ready to open him. You need it. I need it. To live supernatural lives in this natural world. We're meant for more than what we're experiencing now. And we're going to have a time of prayer. We're going to have a time now of a song. But I want to be reminded before, actually, prayer team, I know I'm throwing the gardeners off. Will you, you mind going up there? Pastor Karen and Harry, Faith and Terry. This is, some of us need to repent this morning. We've been going this way, and you know you should not be going this way. You just need to turn of direction. Repent and then turn to God. Start with the confession now of, God, I'm sorry for my sins so that your sins may be wiped out. Let's remove the barriers and allow Holy Spirit to do what Holy Spirit needs to do inside of us. And that time of refreshing may come from the Lord. The problem is we're not refreshed because we haven't been filled yet. We're still hard and it's not pliable. And we're trying and trying. It's just not working. But we need to be wet and filled with him. Some of you are so tired and it's time for refreshing. So I'm going to ask you, friends, and I'll, I'll give direction. Will you just stand because we're going to have a time of prayer and just a song. If you feel... Listen, I just need prayer. I need prayer. I don't know what's going on inside. Would you go see Pastor Karen and Harry? You can come and see Terry and Faith over here. Everything's confidential. But there's more. There's more. If you feel like, I, I don't want to go to anyone, but I just need to pour my heart out before God during this song, come and kneel at the altars. There's, can you do it from where you're seated? Absolutely. There is something, I think, different when we take a different posture than just standing and praying. When you actually get down on your knees as an act of surrender and cry your heart out, something powerful that happens. And guess what? Everyone who comes down to the altar doesn't mean you're all messed up and jacked up. It can mean a time of confession, but it can mean a time of, God, I just want to experience more of you. And just be overwhelmed by your presence. I just want more. So we're going to sing this song, Spirit of the Living God. I'm going to pray that we, we worship together. But if you want prayer, let's move, friends. Because there's more for you. There's more for you. If you want to come and kneel at the altar, come and kneel. But let's worship together.
I know at times I've been there like some of you are now where you want to come up but you're too afraid or embarrassed to come up. Can I be real and frank with you guys? I don't know if you want it because you're quiet. We got to let go of the spirit of pride and the spirit of religion and the spirit of stubbornness and get it out of here. If I'm real, this altar should have been packed with all of you down front. You can't tell me, I'm good, I've got everything God has for me, I'm good. You cannot tell me that. You cannot tell me that, friends. I don't know if it's a spirit of... I. God wants to do more in your life than you realize it, but you've got walls up. I love you to say that. You know exactly who you are that I'm talking to. There's walls up and there's a spirit of something that is holding you back. And only you know that. But I'm just a voice of, of the spirit of God in this moment to tell you, come forth. And I know, I'll be honest, there's some of us that sit there and go, I don't know what my spouse is going to think or my girlfriend or boyfriend are going to think. You know what? The only thing that matters is what God's going to think. And if God is telling me to go forward, I'm going forward. Because there's more. There's more, friends. This world and the lost people out there need more from you. And God's got more. Why would we not sit there and go, God, fill me with everything you have. But instead, we're holding back, say, I'm going to play it safe, though. Because what are they going to think of me? I love you guys. I truly know there's more for you. And oh, how I want that more for you in this moment. So I'm going to ask you to do something out of the blue. And maybe you're not comfortable doing this, but I, I think sometimes I got to stretch you. Does that make sense? I think if we're not stretched, there is no growth. We're stagnant. We stay. Don't stretch me. I'm comfortable. But there's more. So I'm going to stretch some of you. Some of you, you're like, sweet, this is awesome. Other of you is like, I've never lifted my hands in a church service before. I just feel like I need to pray for you. So I'm going to ask you, because there's been a theme the last several weeks of there feels like a wall. And God's saying, I want to break it down. I want to break it down. I want to break it down. I'm telling you, God's going to explode in us and through us if we, if we let him break the wall down. So I'm going to ask you in this moment, do you mind just holding your hands like this, and I just want to pray over you. Um, and I know some of you are going, to, you're going to leave your hands in your pockets. I still love you. I want to stretch you in this moment. I just want to pray for you. 
Heavenly Father, I think it's a posture of surrender and yielding everything who we are to you. And for some of us, we just haven't done that. We're satisfied with our salvation moment, and I did the water baptism thing, and I'm just kind of good. So, Father, with our arms stretched out wide, open to you, we want, Holy Spirit, we want you to move. We want you to move us. We surrender things to you. We surrender our pride. We surrender the wall that's up. And God, only you know in each and every heart in this room what that wall is. I pray for those of us that don't, but we feel that wall that's there. I pray, God, would you reveal it to us? Would you speak softly to our hearts so we can see it? Because we want to get rid of it. There's only one person that wants it up still. That's the enemy of our soul. There's more for us. I truly believe in this moment, you want more for us. You want walls broken. You want us fully redeemed. You want us fully living into the full redemptive potential of Jesus Christ in our life. I truly believe you want relationships stored. You want bondages of addiction broken. But we can if we don't surrender. An empty cup coming to you saying overflow and fill. Fill and overflow, fill and overflow. So with arms open still, we pray that this season in our life would be marked by you. Not our hangups, not the walls, not the things that are holding us back, but it's marked by your spirit moving in our lives because we said yes to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Keep allowing the Lord to chisel away things in your life. I know sometimes it's not easy to go all in because there is hesitation, and I fully understand that. And I get it. And it's hard to come down front and actually in front of a bunch of people and pray with someone just to say, I have a prayer need. Can I say, I'm only standing in front of you today from a kid who could not stand up in front of his class to say a word to a guy who preaches to thousands because it's the Holy Spirit in my life. And you got to get there. And I want it for you. I want it deeply for you. The question is, how bad do you want it? Because I can't want it more than what you want it. Does that make sense? We got to want it. We got to want, want it. We got to want it. So just, can you just play? We're just going to take this time. We're going to take about the next three minutes and just have this moment together. Can I say a few words? Yeah. I didn't plan on doing this today, but uh, God has laid a lot of stuff on me this year because my dad died in March, and he was my go-to person. And morning listening to Ryan, he opened up everything I've been struggling with. And what I realized is, I always looked at my dad for everything, answers, but what I didn't understand was, God gives us the ability to be that guy for everybody else, and it's our turn to break the barriers. Yeah. Open up. Listen to people around you. 
don't wait for somebody to be that person for you. Everybody needs to be that person for somebody else. And I'm shaking right now. Um, I did not expect this. I have been in church a lot and thought about coming forward and talking just because God laid it on me. And I have been in, my one word was, it was just to read the Bible. It was just, you know, to get wisdom. And every day, I don't have a chair. I'm sorry. <laughs> I sit at the foot of my bed and I just read it when I wake up in the morning. Before I get up and do anything, that way it's the first thing on my mind. You guys got to do what you got to do to get there. Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect. I'm a mechanic. Most mechanics will tell you they're not perfect. <laughs> um, but I'm here to tell you that God loves you. Mm -hmm. And you got to just break the barriers like Ryan said. Amen. You get up and do something. Amen. Don't wait for somebody to do it for you. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. So I love Rob in that moment here. <laughs> I mean, you guys saw him shaking. But there's something powerful outside of a pastor that just says, Rob, mechanic, come. <laughs> um, we're going to sing this song. Let's not sing the whole thing, but you know where to jump in. Because if anyone does want to come forward, I don't want to squash that. If you still need prayer, come down. Come down, there's more. And then we'll close with a good song. This is a good song, but we'll close with a song that's preparing us for Christmas. How about that, okay? So let's just sing this song again. If you still got to move, let's move. Heavenly Father, we just, we thank you that when you move, it's in a loving way. That we know that you're a Heavenly Father who loves us so deeply. And we thank you for when your spirit moves, and it moves our spirit. And I, I don't know how we can walk this life without you. We just need you more and more, God. And you still love us that you look down upon us in, in our sin and in our shame and our regret and our guilt. And you said, I don't want to leave my creation that way. And you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to walk this earth, to go after the people that are lost and broken and hurting. And you chose, you chose a painful death. beaten and flogged almost beyond recognition. Nails driven into your wrists, Jesus, and into your feet. Yet you had your, all of our names in this room on your heart and your mind when you chose to do that for us. God, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago to save us from things, to release us and free us of bondage and addiction that we can be made right with our Heavenly Father. And Jesus, you didn't stop there. God, you still chose to send your spirit, your presence here to be with us. 
that the time that Jesus had here on earth, you said that's enough because I have my presence now to go forth. Father, help us to live into your presence. Help us to live into the Holy Spirit. Because these times we need a supernatural life. So Father, man, we thank you. We thank you for the way you moved this morning. We thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving, of, loving us. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for speaking to us. It's not that I have a camera on everyone's life. It's the words that are spoken. I'm just an open vessel. God used me to touch lives because Holy Spirit, you're going to take the words and touch every single one of us in this room the way we need to be touched by you. Father, we love each other as a body, as brothers and sisters in Christ and those who aren't yet part of the family, we welcome them into because you loved us and you never gave up on us. We thank you so much for this incredible gift of love. May we never take that for granted. We love you and praise you, Jesus. And it says in his name, we all pray this. And everyone said, amen. amen.